All right. Welcome to episode one of the Professionals on Purpose podcast. I've got Devin Williams here. He is the president and co-founder of People First Professionals and a seasoned software sales leader. Devin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Number one, too. You know, you know I, I'm going to take that to the bank. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Let's bring the heat. Um, I'm super pumped to have you because I remember the first time I met you at our sales boot camp um, that we were at. I just saw you, your confidence, your charisma, but just your your knowledge of the product, your knowledge of the industry, but more importantly, your care about people. Like you really dug in and leaned into the conversations around how can I help make people around me better? And that stood out to me from the moment I met you. So I'm very pumped to have you on the show and really excited to, to learn how you're using it in your professional career. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I always say life's too short to not enjoy the people you work with. And, uh, and I just try and live by that mantra, you know, as much as I can. So I think you saw a little bit of that come out and appreciate the kind words. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this. Let's do it. Awesome. Yeah. So first thing I saw um, just on your LinkedIn, and I think it's really cool that you have this, you, you have your why spelled out in your about page. And that's to empower professionals to live a career and life of purpose and passion. So they might inspire others to do the same. How do you bring that into your daily life and then uh, even into your professional career? Yeah, I appreciate that um, because that's just so core to who I am. So I appreciate you highlighting that. But, you know, back to what I was saying before, right? life's too short to not enjoy what we do and the people we do it with. And, you know, I've found time and time again, it's really rare where I find somebody, you know, and look, I've spent my life in technical sales it's rare for me to find somebody that I look at who's been very financially successful, but I feel like has the personal package really rounded out, right? They're taking care of the big rocks in their personal life, their family, their faith, whatever it might be, but also taking care of their finances and their career. And unfortunately I find it to be, you know, either one or the other end of the, the spectrum and not a whole lot of balance in the middle. And so that's what it comes down to is helping people identify the need for that balance, especially working with young professionals. Uh, and you hear some bad advice, like it's good to have sales reps that are in debt because we think that that's going to make them work harder. Right. And young Crazy. impressionable sales professionals hear that and they think, Oh, I got to go buy a car. That's twice my monthly paycheck and live hopefully off of commissions. And that, you know, we're, we're setting people up for failure. So I think first off, right, I try and approach and provide a financial advice that I never received. Um, you know, my first big take-home paycheck uh, where I thought, hey, I'd never see a paycheck like that in my life. Nobody was tapping me on the shoulder about how to think intelligently about spending that money. Uh, instead, New York City, keep it up with the Joneses. Let me go buy a bunch of custom suits that I really don't need and you know, all that stuff when I could have been setting myself up for the rest of my life. So I think taking a vested interest in educating people about finances, because things can go very right or very wrong with the amount of money that we sometimes have an opportunity to make mm -hmm. in, in our careers as salespeople. So that's, that's one piece of it, but more than anything, it's, it's about perspective, 
right? Um, no matter what your religion or your beliefs, we can all agree that we have one opportunity at this life, in this moment, on this planet. Everyone can agree on that. And just reminding people of the perspective of how can you live a life where you enjoy what you do and who you do it with, you provide for your family, but you also intentionally find purpose in all of those moments that many others just plod through. And when you live that type of life, everything grows, everything gets better, the personal, the professional. So it's just, it's more about showing people the way and highlighting that there is a path and this isn't all just flower child hippie right, stuff. Right. There's goodness here. It's real. It's actionable. And what I've found more times than not is once people realize that they're off to the races, the snowball effect is in play. And I just step back and smile and watch it, watch it happen. Love it. Love it. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing focus on the present focus on taking care of all rocks of life, whether it's, you know, finances is kind of what people normally get into sales for the first thing, like that's a shiny object, but you realize it's, it's kind of a, a long road if that's the only thing you focus on. I can also hear people in the background saying, cool, Devin, you know, I've heard, I've heard be present before I've heard focus on the here and now, what are some practical ways that you do that when you have seven different bosses calling you, you've got a team to lead to ask you questions and, you know, not to mention your personal life. How do you focus on the here and now uh, on a daily basis? It's got to be intentional, right? Um, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, at, mm -hmm. but I think it's fair to say that the life, at least for us Americans, that has been architected around us, whether by design or unintentionally, it's very easy for us to one day just wake up and realize that a week, a month, a year has gone by. And we really have nothing meaningful to show for it mm. because we get droned into plodding along, checking our social media, jumping on Netflix. And it's, it's just one thing to the next thing without ever stopping and saying, what is this thing? Why am I doing this thing? What is the beauty in this thing? So to me, it comes down to intentionality. Um, I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. So I actually organize that time into my calendar. And eventually, you know, you're, you and I were both exercisers, weightlifters. It becomes a ritual that you rely on and you no longer need to plan for. Right. But like working out, it takes a couple of weeks where it's, it's a, a bit of a chore to get and go to the gym. But after a couple of weeks of committing to that process, the days you don't go to the gym, you miss it. Right. And you're pulled to the gym, right? It's the same thing with mindfulness and, and intentionality, right? If you really, whether it's your day, your week, whatever, if you plan out and make a focus on intentionality and mindfulness, and you introduce practices that help draw you away from the monotony of the day-to-day. -day. So for me, I picked up a book, Eight Minute Meditation. I meditated for a long time uh, as part of a martial arts background, but it's a different kind of meditation. I didn't get the peacefulness and a whole nother story. Right. But I, 
the, the idea of dedicating 20, 30 minutes every day to meditation was very difficult for me to palate. And so I picked up eight minute meditation, walk through, and now I do it twice a day. And it's part of my ritual once in the morning, once in the evening, it gives me a chance to pause, to reflect, to be mindful. Um, and then more than anything, Frankie is just like reminding yourself to pause hmm. randomly. Yeah. Just totally randomly and creating a practice of like self checks and balances of it's been three hours and I don't think I've actually thought about anything. Right. Right. Maybe it's time for me to take a pause and like observe the world around me and, or really focus on this conversation I'm having with Frankie and what he's saying, what is body language. So that's another really easy tip and trick is catch yourself in the moments where you realize you're not actually focusing on anything and pick one thing and just focus on it. It could literally be anything. It could be a light in the background. It could be what's on the TV, like, but literally just pick one thing and allow yourself to focus on it. And just that, that intentionality and that in the moment distraction from everything Mm-hmm. is what it takes to break that monotony routine. And that's what mindfulness is all about, breaking that monotony routine so that we can actually look at what's around us. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know, I know you're a fan of uh, Richard Branson, I think. Um, thinking about him, he, I think he says one of the main things that he does isn't working on the business. This guy's obviously a billionaire, but if we can all respect Richard Branson, at least from where we're at because we can see him. He's, he's jet skiing with former presidents. He's going to these exotic vacations and he always has a smile on his face and he's made billions of dollars. So thinking about him, he talks about uh, the number one thing I can do for my business is to think about it. And I hear that time and time again, you know, even as a salesperson or somebody as an employee of a company, it's like, yes, you're paid to do this task, but how can you think about your business? So curious as you've brought those mindfulness practices into your daily life, into your work habits, what kind of results have you gotten? Like real clear, tangible results. Has there been an example where maybe one day you didn't do it or the next day you did, and you can actually talk to what that looked like for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, Sir Richard Branson has the equation that I think we should all follow which is happiness leads to productivity, leads to profitability. And he was the guy that kind of bumped the misnomer that the customer is always right and said, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. If I take care of my people, they will take care of my customers and that will lead to company success. So the idea of putting people first is actually really good for business. So I'm a huge fan. In terms of like really tangible, you know, anecdotes, et cetera, I think the biggest one for me is stress. Mm. Most people would look at my job, my org, what I do, and would just say, this is a man under a lot of stress. And I think normally that would be fair. But I think most people that know me would say, like, Devin is not a stressed out guy. Yeah. The level of anxiety and pressure that I have on me is no different than my peers in second and third line leadership positions that, you know, high performing software companies, but the act of mindfulness allows me to focus on what really matters. And I think all of us as professionals would be, would do better if we spent a little bit more time focusing on what matters and what we can control than all the other stuff. 
because all that other stuff, that's where the stress comes from. All the disruptive emotions about the things I can't control, that is where stress comes from. Right. So the act of mindfulness allows you to focus on what you can control. And if you're working hard and doing what you should be doing, then why have stress over what you can control? Because you can feel good about what you're putting in front every day, managing what you can control. So it should remove a lot of the stress, which obviously is a big challenge and a big to do in the sales community in particular, because it's, it's such a big obstacle to performance (laughs) and to happiness. Right. So I think stress is the number one. And, um, you know, in terms of like hard numbers, I've seen my retention rate um, of, of my people uh, grow significantly since I've started mindfulness practices by about 22 to 25%. Right. So I'm retaining employees who are happier and performing better for longer. Right. By as a leader exhibiting and delivering mindfulness techniques to my teams. That's huge. I mean, you're, you're on the bleeding edge of what everybody's hoping to get out of the, out of the workplace. Cause people, if you think about their personal lives, they go in and they, they might do yoga, they might do some mindfulness stuff, but it's almost embarrassing, almost laughable when you go and try and take this into the workplace if you get in front of the, lo- the wrong leader. And I love that you're doing that because the retention right now and having the best people as part of your company, as part of your team is so critical to success. So I love that you do that. I think that's a really good segue into um, people first professionals. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And obviously you explained why you did it, uh, why you started it in a way, but could you just talk to us a little bit about that now? Yeah, absolutely. I, one of my favorite topics. So thank yeah. you for the excuse. Um, it, people first professionals or, or PFP as we'll call it going forward for simplicity's sake, um, was really a nonprofit born out of a bad experience where um, I and some other folks I care very much about went to a startup, uh, strong product, uh, strong market, complete failure and calamity of errors at leadership. Mm. And, uh, and the management style was, you know, very deceitful, very toxic, pitting people against each other. And in fairness to them, they operated that way because they thought that's what was best for business. I don't think they're bad people. It's just the school of thought that they were brought up under. And so leaving that as I am who I am, I always try and turn negative into positives. Even if I'm not going to make money, I'm going to learn. I'm going to do yeah. something out of this, Love it. right? And so I thought, how can we do something that keeps other good people and professionals from dealing with this same crappy situation that I now find myself in? Yeah. And that brought us down the rabbit hole of emotional intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. And what we uncovered is that companies with leaders who are high in emotional intelligence have better profitability, better productivity, lower turnover, lower theft incidents, um, higher employee engagement, all of these things. And individual contributors and first, second line folks that invest in EQ tend to grow their career faster and earn more money than those that do not. So as a leader, you can create a great and profitable company that people want to work for 
if you invest in EQ, emotional intelligence. Yep. And if you're an individual contributor, you can grow your career by investing in emotional intelligence. And oh, by the way, people with higher EQ generally report higher levels of happiness, sense of purpose, and lower rates of depression. Hmm. So you can also make yourself happier and more content. So man, EQ is clearly at the center of this. So we built a nonprofit, People First Professionals, which is centered around driving awareness of this concept in the professional sphere. Because to your point, it's not always a welcomed message right, right. when you bring it into the corporate world. And we want to change that. Yeah. So it's about building a community of people that want to better professionals that want to grow their EQ skills, network with other people that believe putting people first is not just the right thing to do, but it's also good for business. And our long-term vision, hopefully we get the opportunity to execute on is to build an accreditation program so that one day in the future, a big company like an Apple can certify their leaders and their programs on PFP and individuals that are part of our network can quickly identify this is a company that has the values and the culture that I want to be a part of. And on the inverse, the company can quickly identify top talent that will uphold the values that they hold so dear as an organization. And so it's about creating that community, driving that emotional intelligence as a core tenant of doing business in the world. Uh, and then hopefully getting into a place where companies want to, want to advertise that they've leaned in to that focus. I love that. Yeah. Making it, making it the new normal and having people lean into it. So how does somebody get plugged into it today? Is it available um, or is there a networking group? What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, we were born two and a half years ago uh, as a mainly in-person networking group, right? As you can imagine, <laughs> dealing with some struggles around that right now, right? right? No surprise. Um, so candidly, we waited it out a little bit. We kind of stuck to business as normal. We did our newsletters and things like that. But it's apparent to us that we really need to pivot to a virtual and online community. So uh, teams have actually been meeting, we've got a bunch of podcasts and mini shows that we're recording. Uh, we're setting up a virtual community slack channel that'll be kind of self-moderated within our different pockets and communities and geos, um, starting some online events and things like that. So we're really leaning into the virtual community and kind of pivoting away from our original model. So, you know, maybe the world will reopen and we'll get back to yeah. those in-person networking events. But for the time being, we're going to create that online community because uh, a lot of people have been asking us what's next for PFP, yeah. what's going on yeah. there. So the easiest way, peoplefirstprofessionals.org and learn more. Cool. And that's it. Uh, we've got an onboarding process, which is just about getting to know you. What's your why? What makes you tick? What do you want to get out of People First Professionals? We are a no-cost organization, so it's not about making money or getting membership dues. We just want to understand what you're looking for and how we can best help you. And then if you want to go to the next level, uh, we encourage you to get Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Dr. Travis Bradbury. It's like our onboarding book. Yep, great book. That includes an EQ test and a, and a hand guide on where do I go from here? What exercises can I start investing in to get better? And if you share with us those scores, 
we'll actually connect you with a mentor that's really high in the areas that you're looking to grow from an emotional intelligence standpoint. So whether you want to be a very passive observer, limited involvement, all the way to, to get me a mentor, I want to sign up, I want to lean in, we'll meet you wherever you're at in your journey. Uh, but that's who we are, and that's our online presence website, easiest way to, to jump in and get involved. Perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure we have uh, all those details in show notes so people can click on those links. So that's that's super helpful. Um, you said you had mentioned emotional intelligence. So one thing I think being emotionally intelligent means being connected to your peers and learning from others. And I think that's what that's what you're doing at PFP. Uh, you're you're building connections. You're showing people that it's okay to maybe to not be okay or to be learning. And I think you have a, uh, a formula for ways that people can connect during this new normal because we're all Zoom, Zoom fatigue, we're all behind the Zoom camera all day, every day. So how do you find unique ways to connect with people and to build that relationship while we're online? Yeah, so a while back, um, I started this uh, tier yeah. that I use, T-I-E-A-R, an acronym. And it's just something I do at the beginning and the end of my week <clears throat> to make sure, again, I'm not just plodding through the motions. And the T stands for thanks. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it, it forces me at the beginning and the end of my week to who needs some thanks from me? whether uh, they just did something for me and it's top of mind or a couple months ago, somebody did me a solid and you know what? I just want to remind them that I really appreciate it Yeah. because there's never a bad time for someone to receive a thank you. I appreciate you. 100%. Never. And yep. guess what? There's never a time where it doesn't feel good to say it either. Yep. So it's a win-win, right? So that's, that's one thing that I do just to try and like make sure that I'm reaching out and connecting. Uh, another one is encourage hmm. the E in that, in that acronym is encourage. So who's somebody it's not necessarily, I want to praise them and give them thanks, but who's somebody who is maybe teetering uh, on whatever it might be, or needs some encouragement on a decision they're going to make. Um, and just by keeping a kind of running list of that, it forces me, even if it's a crazy week, to set aside time and go make those reach outs that just mean a tremendous amount to people. And then, frankly, just being a part of PFP. Yeah. Right. I'm constantly inundated with awesome opportunities to meet new people, reconnect with old. And if I'm being totally honest and not altruistic, that was one of the reasons we spun up PFP is because I'm a networker and I love connecting with people. Yeah. And just by, by running the business, I get to do that every single day. Love it. That's awesome. That is so awesome. So thinking about a couple more questions here. So when you, when you're going through your day, you seem like a, a pretty happy guy. I think a lot of people at the end of all this, they're just trying to become happier, right? how would you define happiness and what would you say to somebody that is trying to figure it out? Maybe they're not happy in their career. Maybe they aren't hitting their sales quotas like they should. How can you help somebody get to where they are now without waiting? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I thought a lot about 
um, you know, this happiness question because it's, uh, you know, it's a hard one to answer. And I think it goes back to what we first started talking about, which is, is realizing that no matter what your faith or your belief is, we can all agree that this life that we have in this moment, there's only one. And we can make all the excuses in the world about why we're unhappy or why we're happy. And let me, let me quick caveat before I continue. I do want to be fair and say that not everybody is dealt the same hand. Yeah. Right. Clearly. And, and fortunately that's finally being brought to the, a light where it can no longer be ignored. Mm-hmm. I certainly was dealt a better hand than many people, right. Without a doubt. So I'm saying this from a slightly privileged uh, place. I will not argue that fact. And certainly money can do a lot of things from a happiness standpoint, right? But to me, happiness is, is about when the world is still, when there are no more distractions, there are no more substances I can run to, TV shows I can pour myself into, bad relationships that I can use to ignore my reality. When all of that has fallen away, how do I feel about myself? Mm. And in those moments, if I feel that I'm leaving behind a legacy that my family would be proud of, that my friends would be proud of, that I'm living a life where I can pursue my strengths and I can do good for others, that's happiness for me. Yeah. That confidence, that peacefulness that comes with that knowledge, that's, that's happiness to me, right? Um, and I think the only way we get there is, is by accepting the fact that ultimately we have to own our shit. We have yep. to own our attitude, how we perceive the world, how we perceive slights from one person against us. That is up to us and only us. And I think accepting that responsibility and taking that accountability and then being brave enough to look yourself in the mirror and say, this is what I'm not happy about and I'm going to go try and change it. That's the first step to true happiness. Yeah. And unfortunately it's a very courageous step and it limits a lot of people from even taking that first step. Man, that's, I, I think this brings the whole conversation full circle because what you talked about earlier is being mindful, being present. Too many people are, myself included, we're on Zoom calls back to back to back to back and then we go do our normal weekend thing and then we do it over again and before you know it, we've, we've gone five years without picking our head up. So I think you, what you described earlier, taking the time to be present gives you that opportunity to focus on where are some of the gaps I can improve on so that I can be a life, live a life that I'm happy with. So that's, that's crucial. Thanks for sharing that, Devin. So last question for you, what does living a life on purpose mean to you? Yeah, it's, it's exactly kind of the synopsis of what we've talked about is, is accepting that nobody else is going to own your attitude. No one else is going to miraculously appear and just say, you're happy. Um, Are there people that face genuine chemical imbalances and genetic issues, right? That need medication. 100%. Mm -hmm. I will never deny that. And I'm one of them. 
Okay. But so that's certainly somewhere to start, right? Like check that box, make sure that there's not something that medicine can fix. But living a life on purpose is accepting that we have to be accountable for our own happiness, our own memories, um, what people remember us for, right? That's on us. We got to own that. And living a life on purpose is first accepting that fact and then being intentional about architecting a life down to the day that avoids the monotony and the drudge and the day-to-day and focuses on, on enjoying every second that we have because yeah. there's not a lot of them, yeah. right? That is a life on purpose. And, you know, for me, my life on purpose is about architecting a life that provides for and protects my family and shows love and care for those that I love and care for, right? That is, that is my life on purpose. And the second I take my foot off the gas and I take my vision away from that and I allow it to blur, I've, I've lost my ability to truly deliver that life that I just described. So that to me is the life on purpose. Awesome. Love it. Great way to end it. Thanks for being numero uno on the podcast. I appreciate talking to you, man. It's always good. Catching always up. number one. I'll always be number one. <laughs> That's it. That's a mindset you got to have. <laughs> All right, brother. That's Thanks right. a lot. Thank you, Frankie. Appreciate it.